this, this story of Paul. And Paul uh, is an apostle and a church planter missionary. And in the book of Acts, it, it describes, uh, uh, chapter 27 and 28, describes his last journey. And so, um, long story short, Paul's been imprisoned and, and beaten a number of times because of telling people about Jesus. And if you don't know about Paul, Paul had a dramatic encounter with God on his moment to uh, kill and imprison Christians. And so uh, he uh, was knocked off his horse, he was blinded, uh, and uh, went into a town, and this other believer, this Christian named Ananias, responded to God and went to go pray for him. And God uh, removed what was considered scales on his eyes, so God brought healing to him. And so from there on, uh, Paul... Uh, began, and all kinds of different stories tied to that, began to proclaim Jesus and all he did and all he said, which is amazing. Um, and so on Paul's last journey on this boat, <laughs> he starts the journey off. He's going to Rome because he's going to stand before Caesar and be tried, right? And uh, God promised him that he'd go to Rome. It's a place that he wanted to uh, reach and so uh what's crazy about this journey paul's like don't go we, we're not gonna go we should not go and everybody's like we're not listening to you we're in charge right so they get in the boat and they cross there's 276 people on this boat and uh they're going in a time which nobody traveled this sea at the time right they stopped traveling uh, in September and resumed in February because the, it was just craziness, right? So long story short, a big uh, storm appears and basically uh, starts breaking apart the boat. They put ropes around the bottom of the boat to tie it tight. They, uh, they're, you know, getting sick. They don't eat for days. Uh, and then at one point, uh, it says that, that we had given up hope because we hadn't seen us, that we couldn't see the stars, we couldn't see the sun, could not see anything, and we'd given complete hope up. And so, uh, in the midst of giving hope up, uh, Paul has an encounter with God, an amazing encounter with God. And the angel uh, tells him that you guys are going to make it. You're going to get to Rome. And, and Paul declares this to everybody on the boat. Well, God's told me. The, and he says this statement. The God whom I belong and the God whom I serve has told me that we're going to make it. That we're going to make it. The ship's not going to make it, but we're going to make it. So to eat, eat because we got, we got a big thing coming, right? And so they ate. Uh, the boat finally breaks apart and they land, right? They get to, to water, which is interesting, or get to shore, which is interesting because the soldiers, first the sailors tried to escape the boat, 
right, on the life drafts, that's how dramatic it was. They're like, we're not staying here. There's, there's sailors. They do this for a living. They're on the ocean all the time, right? We're not staying here. We're getting off. And Paul sees this, and he says, hey, we can't do it. And if these guys leave, none of us are going to make it. And so the soldiers cut the lifeboats out. Yay! Right? And, uh, and so they're listening to Paul all of a sudden. And then from there, they land uh, on Malta, which is an island. Uh, and and it, that's what I was going to say. When they were getting off the boat, the soldiers were going to kill all of the prisoners, because if one prisoner escaped, that soldier was responsible, and so he'd lose his life. But the centurion, the guy that was in charge, he said that um, we can't lose Paul. We can't lose this guy. He's speaking hope to us. We're not going to lose him. I'm not. And so, so they spared all the prisoners. Verse 1. Once safely on shore, we found out the island was called Malta, which means refuge. The islanders, it says islanders here, but everything that I've read and everything I've looked up, it was, it's, it's barbarians. And so, so it's this idea that they were uncivilized, they didn't speak Greek or Latin, and so they were different, right? So the islanders showed us unusual kindness. They built a fire and welcomed us all because it was raining and cold. And Paul, Paul, he gathered a pile of brushwood. And as he put it on the fire, a viper driven out by the heat fastened itself to his hand. And when, uh, one of the, when the islanders saw the snake hanging from his hand, they said to each other, This man must be a murderer, for though he escaped from the sea, justice has not allowed him to live. Okay, remind me to go on verse 5. Okay, so uh, when I was reading this, I was just thinking over and over again about that book, Alexander and the Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Day. Do you see that? I mean, so Paul has spent all this time on this boat, not eating, getting sick, right? Uh, all this time on this boat, nobody's listening to me. Nobody's, nobody's listening to what I have to say. I told you so, you didn't listen to me. And then, and then on top of that, uh, he's, he's in the dark for at least 14 days and without hope. So there's no direction. No, no, they don't know where they're at. They have no, nothing to guide them, nothing that they can see. And so finally, uh, they get off the boat. They have to swim or they have to walk across planks or they have to float to shore. And he finally gets it. It's cold. It's raining. It's horrible. It's awful. And all of a sudden, I'm going to help out because I'm cold and I want to start this fire. I want to get it going. Come on, let's get it going. Let's get it going. And a snake latches onto him. Oh, just like one thing after another. The only thing I can think of when I was reading this is like when we're trying to get ready to go somewhere as a family. I have four kids. Uh, the oldest is 17. Raise your hand, Noah. The next one is 13. Raise your hand, Lil. And then, then I have the two babies, six and four, Emmett and Rama, right? And I just, I just kept thinking, 
It's just so hard. I mean, because we get in fights. Everybody's yelling at each other. Get in the car. No, don't touch that. Don't grab that. Get in the car. Yeah. No one looked at me. Lily looked at me. Emmett looked at me. Rayma looked at me. Ah! Don't touch me. Ah! Right? And then one of them has a blowout. No, I'm just kidding. That doesn't happen anymore. <laughs> no, thank God. No more diapers. <laughs> But that's what it felt like. And here Paul, he's in this situation, and all of a sudden he has a choice. He's faced with this choice. Okay, I, I, all this has happened, and he continues to face with this choice. And the choice is this. Misery or mission. Misery or mission. I mean, he's looking at this, and I, I don't know about him, but I, I'd be like, oh! This is God, don't you love me? Aren't you seeing what I'm going through? Aren't you facing? Don't you see all that I'm experiencing? But over and over again, God reassured Paul that there was a reason. That there was a reason for what he's going through. God reassured Paul that he has a greater promise for him. God reassured Paul that, that he's, he's here, but God's got him a plan for him over here. He, he's he's going to make it through. He's going he's gonna to move on. He's going to get to Rome. He, had, he was reassured by God over and over and over again about this promise that God made. And you know, Paul made this statement to all the men on this boat, all the people on this boat. He said, this is what God says. The God whom I belong to, the God whom I serve. And I believe, I have faith that it will happen exactly as he says. Wow. Right? I mean, it's one thing to go, oh, I have faith that God's going to do something in me and keep that to myself. But when I stand before everybody and I say, hey, I have faith that the God that I belong to, the God that I serve, that, that he will do exactly as he says he will do. That's a pretty bold statement, isn't it? It's bold when we say it to ourselves, but it's even more bold when he says it to everyone else. God says that when, when I come into a relationship that, with him, that he will empower me to live this life. And not only that he'll empower me to live this life, but he'll, he empowers me to be bold about this relationship that I have. He's taken me somewhere. I may not be there now, but I'm, I'm moving forward. You see, God has a greater plan for you and I. God has a mission for you and I. It's not just to live this life. It's not just to survive this life. But the Bible says that it's abundant life. Life to the fullest. That there's something greater in it. That he calls us to more than what we're experiencing. He calls us to more than just the mundane of doing the same thing over and over again every day. So here's the question, and the question that we have to ask is that when we face those obstacles, when we face those trials, are we reminded of the reason for them? That God's got a greater plan, a greater purpose for me. That he's not 
done with me yet. The reason. Second is this. Is the response. So, so in between misery and mission or misery and ministry is the response. The response is, is hugely important. I mean, we look at all the things that, that, that Paul went through and all the things that he faced and he had every reason to say this is a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day. <laughs> He has every reason to say that. He has every reason to get upset. He has every reason to be cynical. He has every reason to be bitter. But in that reasoning, there's a response. There's this guy in scripture named David and David was fleeing from his life and he was running from cave to cave to cave to cave. And he pins uh, Psalm 27, 13 through 14. And it says this. Well, he pins all of 27, but I'm just reading 13 and 14. I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord This is what he's telling his heart. Wait for the Lord. Be strong. And let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. You see, in the midst of David running and fleeing and going from place to place, fearing for his life, he's reminding his heart. He's making a statement. I believe, I believe that I'm going to see the Lord. I believe that I'm going to get through it. I believe that he is greater than the situation that I'm facing. I believe that I can trust him. I'm going to trust him entirely. I'm going to trust him intimately. And I'm going to trust him continuously. And he's making the same statement that we see in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him. So here's the question. In the midst of misery and mission, in the midst of misery and ministry, we see this, this, this choice that has to be made. In that choice, we have to ask the question, is God greater than I? So God is greater than me. That's what David's saying. God's greater than me. And then he reminds his heart, I'm going to wait for him. Why? Because I trust him entirely. I trust him intimately. He knows me better than I know myself. He knows all the details of me. And I may be running from cave to cave, but I'm going to trust God continuously. So between misery and ministry, misery and mission is a choice, is a response. The reason that God is using it is that God takes all things for the good of those that love him according to his purposes. Makes all things good. 
Wow, all things. Choice. So the choice is to find joy in the moment. The choice is to trust God in the moment. The choice is to choose Jesus in the moment. And here's something that, that, that Paul uh, seemed to remind himself over and over again that he encourages us with. And that's this verse in Philippians 3, 13 through 14. It says this, Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself to yet have taken hold of the prize that, that's Christ Jesus. But, but one thing I do, Forgetting what is behind, straining towards what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Straining ahead, forgetting what's behind. Here's what's interesting. Back to verse 5. Let's read 4. I like 4. When the islanders saw that the snake was hanging from his hand, they said to each other, this man must be a murderer. For though he escaped from the sea, justice has not allowed him to live. You know what's crazy about this verse? It's true. Paul was a murderer. He killed Christians. He imprisoned Christians. Scripture says that he was at the feet of Stephen. Stephen. The first Christian martyr, Paul. It's absolutely true. So now, let's look at that verse again. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself to yet have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which Christ, for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Wow. So in the middle of misery and ministry is forgetting what's behind. Do you see how this is a reminder for him all of a sudden? I mean, they made it. Everybody made it aware of it. Luke wrote it down in scripture. It says, this man must be a murderer for though he escaped from the sea, justice has not allowed him to live. Look at, look at uh, Paul's response. But Paul shook the snake off into the fire and suffered no ill effects. The people expected him to swell up or suddenly fall dead. But after waiting a long time and seeing nothing unusual happen to him, they changed their minds and said he was a God. Lowercase g. So they're looking at him and go, oh, wow, this is amazing that it's happening. He's surviving. And see, Paul is like, he could be reminded of all the things that he asked God forgive him for. He could be reminded of all the past that he has, that he's asked for forgiveness for. But instead, 
Instead, he's, he's forgetting what's behind him and he's straining towards the prize. You see, the in between mis- misery and ministry or misery and mission is this idea, this mentality that I'm going to press on towards Jesus. All this other stuff, all the other things that people are saying, all the trash that everybody else is saying, all the environment that I'm in, I, I've asked Jesus for forgiveness and he's forgiven me. And I'm, he's got great things for me. He's got great things planned for me baby I'm pressing on I'm not giving up I'm fighting forward I am seeking Jesus in all I do and all I say and all I have you see this idea you see this mentality Christians believers we are called to live in this way how great is God is he greater than you? Is he great enough to forgive your sins when you ask him? Is he great enough to use you when you surrender to him? Is he great enough to move you forward in his ministry and mission? If Paul, if anybody in life and anybody in humanity had the opportunity to sulk and complain If anybody had the opportunity to to walk away from joy, if anybody had the opportunity to walk away from Jesus, it'd be this guy that this is the third time he's shipwrecked. Third time. He's been beaten severely to an inch of his life over and over and over again. And see, this isn't unique to Paul. This is what a believer goes through. And in the midst of facing these things, we see God is greater than me. And that I can trust him entirely. I can trust him completely. I can trust him continually. And I can trust him intimately. So whatever you face, whatever you're experiencing, whatever you're going through, please know that God is greater. And you can trust him. So let's get back. Oh, man. Verse 7. There was an estate nearby that belonged to Publius. It's pronounced another way. I played it over and over again, but I am not pronouncing it that way because I am a guy from Yakima. Uh, Publius, the chief official of the island, he welcomed us in his home for three days, entertained us hospitably. His father was sick in bed. Suffering from fever and dysentery. Paul went in to see him. And after prayer, placed his hands on him and healed him. When, his hand, when this had happened, the rest of the sick on the, on the island came and were cured. They honored us with, in many ways. And when... We were ready to sail. They furnished us 
with the supplies we needed. Look at that. The reason. You ever wonder if the reason why they got stranded in the middle of the sea and landed on the island is because God wanted to do something great amongst that people? God wanted to demonstrate who he is and bring healing? Because here's, here's the thing. God chooses to use you and I to bring his mission forward. And when we walk in misery, when we walk in misery, he doesn't accomplish that. When we walk in misery, we're closed in and un and chained to hopelessness. So you see this, the reason is that God had a greater plan for Malta. He had healing for them. The response, Paul believed there was hope and a greater purpose. And here's the third thing, the resource. So I just, I'm looking at this scripture over and over again. And I, I see this guy that's going through all these things that can easily just look at himself and go, woe is me. Look at me. Don't you see what I'm going through? Don't you know what I'm feeling? Don't you know how tired I am? Don't you know how I've been working so hard? Don't you know I just, I just do one simple thing. And I come and I have to go into this party. It's nice. We get food and all this other stuff is nice. I love being on land. It's so nice. But what was it that God did in Paul for him to look outside of himself? Right? That's a big decision, isn't it? When, when you feel like you're just surviving to look outside of yourself and to look around... And here, here Paul does it. So the third thing is this, is resource. Is resource. So we have reason, response, and resource. If you look at verse 10, they honored us in many ways, and when we were ready to sail, they furnished us with the supplies we needed. That's amazing. You get stranded on this island and, and the people furnish with the supplies that are needed. You see, between walking in misery and walking in mission or ministry, we see that God supplies all that we need. And, and it may not be in what you look at. Here, here's, here's the deal. So, Come on. Okay, so so when I come into relationship with Jesus, right? So what he does is that when I come into relationship with him, is he gives me, I know this is a cell phone, but it's what I got. He gives me, it's not even mine. Uh, he gives me the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit empowers me to live, to walk, and to move, and walk in this relationship, Right? 
But here's the deal. Yeah, perfect. He's got a light, right? And so, so he walks in this relationship. He's equipped for it, right? But here, here's what's even more amazing than that. This is a seal to say, hey, this guy belongs to me. This guy belongs to God. And the Holy Spirit is fully God. It says that the same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the grave is the same Holy Spirit that resides in me. And so we see these, these people receiving all the resources that they need from this island. But in the same sense, God gave Paul all the resources he needed for the island. You see, we look at it and we go, okay, Paul needed Malta. But the truth is, is that Malta needed Paul. See, God made Paul. He, he directed Paul. He empowered Paul for this moment. And sometimes we walk in this life and we get so caught up in surviving that we forget this idea and this mentality that you and I are made for this moment. That God made each and every one of us and on purpose for this specific time. To meet a need that only he could meet through you and I. And so how do we operate in this? If I come into relationship with Jesus, I ask him for forgiveness of my sins. I surrender his, my life to him. And all of a sudden, he, he says, okay, you're mine. You have the Holy Spirit. And then if we read through scripture, we see that, that the seal is on us. But we see over and over and over again the people of God seeking more boldness, seeking more empowerment. We see the disciples, they would go to the temple and they, after Jesus rose from the grave, after he ascended to heaven, they would go to the temple and they worship him and praise him and have full of joy. And then, in, then later on they would, they would go together and they would huddle together and they would pray. Because Jesus says, I have something else for you. So we see these disciples who had a relationship with Christ, who had the Holy Spirit, but there was something else. It wasn't just that moment. There was something else. Acts 1.8 says he gives us power to be witnesses. And here is it's demonstrated with Paul on Malta. More of the Holy Spirit. Because the truth is, is that yes, God has gifted us. He has called us. He's made us for a specific purpose, a specific time as now. And you and I are called to move this mission ahead. You and I are called to proclaim Jesus in all we do and say. And he gives us the resources to do so. And so here's what's amazing. We see throughout scripture, disciples seeking more. Seeking power to be what? Power to be what? Who's listening? Am I just screaming a lot? Yeah. Power to be what? Witnesses. Witnesses. See, here's what's amazing. So Paul, in the midst of 
choosing misery or mission. He has the power to be a witness. He's led by the Holy Spirit. He sees a need and he prays for that. And we think it's unique to him or to a preacher. But it's not. It's unique to a surrendered follower of Christ. So what does that mean for you and I? That God... That God doesn't just call us into relationship to survive. He calls us for a reason. He calls us for a greater plan. Calls us because he wants to use us. Calls us because he wants us to trust him entirely, intimately, and continuously. He calls us because he's greater than me. So, The reason, the response, and the resources. That's what God calls you and I to. This great purpose, connecting people to a relationship with Jesus and helping them grow. The response how do you respond? In the moments that you face trials, in the moment that you face frustration, how do you respond? Do you respond with trust in God? That you choose joy? Consider it pure joy, my brothers, that you face trials of many kinds. <laughs> the resource do you ask God have you asked God for the resources to respond you can sit down David thank you would you stand with me this morning Take a moment to just bow your head and close your eyes. This is a moment between you and God. And we find that life is made up of many moments that create momentums. And those moment, that momentum is all created by my response to God. I could either resist him or I could respond to him. So let me ask you this. When you search your heart, when you allow the Holy Spirit to search your heart, where are you at with God? Do you trust him with your whole life? The reason he came is to save you so that you could trust him. So that you could live with him. So that you could follow him. Because he has a design for you and I.
that's specific to each one of us. And it's not just to survive. So how do you respond? With the response comes a choice. When we choose Jesus, we choose joy. When we choose Jesus, we choose to trust. When we choose Jesus, we forget what's behind and we press on towards him. Maybe you're here this morning and you trust Jesus with your life and you're responding to the choice. The choice of Jesus. And you want more of the Holy Spirit. You want to be a witness. You want to proclaim him wherever you go. You want to be empowered to see those that are hurting around you. You want to be led fully by the Holy Spirit. You want his resources. Maybe you're standing here and you're saying, you know what? I need more boldness. God, give me boldness. Holy Spirit, give me the boldness. So back to the first question. Are you here this morning and you want to trust Jesus with all your life? You want to surrender to him, asking forgiveness of your sin? And yielding to him as the Lord, leader, king of your life. If that's you, I want you to raise your hands right now. Thank you. Anybody else? Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. Now that prayer is between you and God. Only you can surrender to God. I cannot surrender for you. So what that means is God, I surrender my life to you. Forgive me of my sin. Help me to forget what's behind and press on towards you. Wash me clean again. Would you pray something like that between you and God? Just right now in this moment. Amazing thing about God is he hears you (laughs) every time. God, I praise your holy name for forgiveness. I praise your name for all those that surrendered to you this morning. I pray that you would continue to lead them and and, and guide them. Holy Spirit, rest on them in such a way that they respond to your voice. They respond to your leading. 
bring conviction because conviction draws us to you. Bring hope and healing. Maybe you're here this morning and you're stuck in misery. You're having a hard time finding the joy. You're having a hard time finding Jesus in the moment. You're having a hard time finding joy in the moment. And this morning you want to pray like David prayed. I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. You tell your heart to wait for him. To be strong. And to let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. If that's you, would you just raise your hand? I want to pray with you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? Lord Jesus, we choose you. We choose you in this moment. When we choose you, I know that we choose joy. When we choose you, I know that we choose freedom. When we choose you, I know that we choose hope. When we choose you, I know that we choose courage to trust you in the face of fear. And so, Lord Jesus, we lift up our hearts to you in the midst of what seems to be misery and ask that you would help us to see you in the midst of it, to trust you in the midst of it, to believe that you're greater than what we're facing in the midst of all of this. And Lord Jesus, I pray that you would bring people alongside of us that would speak life and hope into us, that would encourage us and strengthen us and give us a new boldness and excitement for what you're doing in our lives and what you've yet to do. Lord, in the midst of our misery, help us to see those that are hurting. Help us to see those that are broken and help us to minister in the midst of our misery. Thank you, God. You are good and faithful and just. You hear this morning, you, 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 you have a walk with Jesus and you love him and he sealed you and you're walking with him and serving him. But you want to make a dis- statement of declaration a statement of trust and ask the Holy Spirit for power to be witnesses. Power to be bold. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand right now. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Keep those hands up. Now I want you to pray, Holy Spirit, Give me power to be witness. Give me a new boldness. Help me to trust you, Jesus, that you're greater than I. Help me to step out in boldness and faith. In Jesus' name, amen.